My friends at the New Hope Church of Christ in Salina, Tennessee, have invited me to come over for a series of presentations April the 7th through the 9th. We'll be talking about the Christian and mental wellness. We'll be talking about the Christian's response to crisis like depression or grief or anxiety. The service will be Friday the 7th at 6.30, Saturday the 8th at 6.30, and on Easter Sunday morning the 9th, we'll be meeting at 9 o'clock for a Bible study and then our regular worship service at 9.30. Please join us at 3959 New Hope Road in Salina, Tennessee for a presentation of the Christian and mental wellness. This is in partnership with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee specializes in erosion control, hydro seeding, hydro mulch, silt fence, They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for The King's Men. If you'd like to contact The King's Men, you can contact them at 931-243-3958. 931-243-3958. Or you may email them at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. The King's Men in partnership with Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include but are not limited to road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work, and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers, and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project, or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660 or three W's and a dot sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones. Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. After a 25-year career as a public school teacher, my wife retired. And now that she's a retired teacher and a retired volleyball coach, she is now a project manager. (laughs) But the projects are all at my house. And we've adopted the Spanish water dog named Oreo, who then we were in a deal with that we had to raise some puppies. So one of our rooms gets turned into a kennel. 
we built a new deck and we put a stone patio at the foot of the deck and we put a swim spa in and she started what I call the victory garden and the victory garden has regular traditional things like strawberries and okra and peppers but then there's bee balm and cone flowers and a butterfly bush and she says we'll put these different exotic plants in and will it will attract insects and some of them are edible I said the what's edible the insects or the plants and then we move into the kitchen and there's our another project where we're going to redo our countertops and we replace the existing countertops with black granite countertops now if you're going to put black granite countertops in your kitchen you've got to have new appliances with darker accents so a, a refrigerator with dark accents you've got to have a, a a new microwave you've got to have a new oven you've got to have a new ceramic cooktop you've got to have a new dishwasher you've got to have a new farm sink and we don't even live on a farm we have a garden it's not even a farm and then you've got to replace the the, the tile on the backsplash and i'm standing in the middle of the deconstruction zone because somebody has to tear it all out before somebody else comes in and puts it all in and I think to myself I'm gonna have to rob a bank to pay for this now think about that robbing a bank to pay for your remodel is a pretty logical thought the bank has money I need money if I had the bank's money I could pay for all this stuff now robbing the bank may sound illogical to you but the bank is not going to give you the money I can't walk into the bank and say I identify as a millionaire I'd like to withdraw my money they're not going to honor that they're not going to walk into my delusion they're not going to pretend with me and hand me a bunch of cash so the only way I'm going to get the bank's money is if I rob the bank and although that is an illogical train of thought it is absolutely irrational because I don't need to be robbing the bank but just because I had that thought just because I'm standing in a situation where I'm overwhelmed and I don't have any resources or don't feel like I've got enough resources and I decide hey this is a, a radical thing I could do does that mean I need to be put on a watch list you see when when, when people think I'd be better off dead when people think if I could just go to sleep and not wake up that's that's actually a logical thought and now it's irrational but it's sort of logical because you see people think about killing themselves when they are helpless or they feel hopeless or they feel worthless helpless means I have no resources hopeless means I have no future and worthless means I have no value and when circumstances arrive in our lives and we feel totally out of control we feel totally overwhelmed and we feel like we have no resources we have no future and we have no value then the logical thought to solve all that is non-existence but just because somebody has that thought doesn't mean they need to be on a watch list just because they have that thought doesn't mean they're mentally ill or mentally unbalanced it's a fairly common thing for people to think I'm so overwhelmed I'm so hurt I'm so helpless I'm so hopeless and I feel so worthless it'd just be better off if I weren't on the planet now when that thought suicidal ideation having an idea about suicide when that thought turns into a plan let's let's go back to robbing the bank 
man, I, I could pay for this kitchen if I robbed the bank. You know, the, the place where I actually bank, they have a security guard. He's 81 years old. He takes a nap about 1130. And the security camera on the right side blinks. I think it's probably on the fritz. It doesn't take a good picture. And I've gone from having the thought to creating a plan. And then at some point, my plan may turn into an intention. Hey, can I get you to, to drive up on North Parkway and make a 911 call so that the police will come all to the north end of town? I need about 15 minutes around 1130 on Friday. Now I've gone from a thought to a plan to an intention. When that kind of thinking takes place, then the suicidal idea, the suicidal ideation takes on a little more seriousness. Now, now there's another layer to this seriousness, and it's what we call the, the lethality of intent. The lethality of intent is not just that the person is talking about killing themselves, but the intent has some lethality. It, it's, it, it's not the means but it's the intent. If you have a, a little eight-year-old girl and she thinks, she believes that if she eats all of the baby aspirin in the house, it will kill her, and she eats all those aspirin, her intention is lethal. The lethality of the intent is, I can make this happen. Versus a guy who is threatening suicide and he's got a pistol, but he doesn't point it at himself or he doesn't point it at first responders. You see, when, when there's an intent and the intent lacks lethality, we're still not really in the, in the deep woods yet. And in truth, most people who are thinking about suicide really don't want to die. They just want the pain to end. They just want the circumstance to end. In, in my limited experience, people who are suicidal, people who are actively suicidal, people who kill themselves, do so because of one of three reasons. One, something is psychologically wrong. There's something that has taken over their mental process and they're not responsible for their actions. They're mentally ill or they're despondent or they're depressed or there's some kind of brain interference. And people will kill themselves when something is psychologically wrong. People will often kill themselves when something is physiologically wrong. They've been given a diagnosis, they've got cancer or a brain tumor or something that's incurable, and they don't want to live with the suffering, they don't want to lose their autonomy, or they don't want to put their family through it or drain all their finances. So people will kill themselves when something is physiologically wrong. And then often people kill themselves when there's a perception of that they've done something wrong. And I don't want to face the consequences. I don't want to go to prison. I don't want to face the embarrassment. I don't want to be on the news. I don't want my family to go through this. So when people are actually serious, lethal with their intent on suicide, it's usually because something is psychologically wrong, physiologically wrong, or because they've done something wrong. More often than not, when people are talking about suicide, their message about killing themselves contains a theme. They want to communicate something. They want to control something or they want to avoid something. And so as you talk to people who are in crisis or you run into a family member and they seem despondent and, and specifically helpless, hopeless, or worthless, and you talk to them about that, try to find out, hey, what are they trying to communicate? Uh, I've, I heard it said once that suicide is a period at the end of a long sentence that nobody was reading 
And so getting them to say, hey, what are you trying to communicate or what are you trying to control? People who feel out of control often think about killing themselves or what are you trying to avoid? There's something that's coming up that that fills you with so much dread and you feel like you're helpless or you're hopeless or you're inadequate, a form of worthlessness. I'm inadequate to deal with it, that, that suicide seems like the only option. Now, asking a person about suicide does not increase their level of thinking about suicide. And so if you see somebody and they're acting in a way that causes you to be concerned, you need to ask them about it. Now, as a general rule of thumb, if I ask you, are you thinking about killing yourself and you hesitate, that answer is yes. You know, it's, it's one of those binary questions. You know, if I ask a, a young couple and they're dating and the young man's not in the room, but he's demonstrated that he might be a scoundrel, I ask this young lady, do you trust this young man? That's an immediate, yes, I trust him. But if you hesitate, well, he's sweet. Well, he's good. Then no, you don't trust the fool. Don't marry him. The same thing if I ask you, are you thinking about killing yourself? And that's not on your agenda. You'll give me immediate pushback as a general rule of thumb. No, what are you crazy? How dare you think that? But if you get a hesitation, hey, are you thinking of killing yourself? And you get that, well, nah, I'll be okay. Not really. To me, that that is a yes answer, and it needs intervention. You don't need to leave that person alone. You need to have them self-admit to the hospital. Uh, you need to contact uh, you know proper authorities. We have mental health officers here in town who have the ability to involuntarily commit. But when you're talking to people about killing themselves, be very careful on your wording. I never ask anybody, hey, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Because if they're actively suicidal in their mind, they think, no, this is not going to hurt. I'm going to solve all my pain. Don't ask them, are you thinking about doing something stupid? Because in their minds, this is a logical solution to all my problems, and it's genius. I found the solution. I usually just straight up ask them, are you thinking about killing yourself? And, and, And although I've been chided for shaming or making it sound judgmental, I will look a person in the eye and say, are you thinking about murdering yourself? Am I going to have to look your spouse or your children or your parents in the eye and say, hey, this person murdered themselves? Because I want there to be a gut-level punch, and I want the romanticism to be taken out of this idea of of suicide. And suicide means self-murder. And so when I ask people about it, I don't ask, "Are are you going to hurt yourself? Are you going to do something dumb or irrational or stupid? I either use the phrase, are you thinking about killing yourself, or are you planning to murder yourself? And in the unfortunate circumstances when people choose to murder themselves, they don't solve their problems. They create problems for everybody else that's left behind. A person who ends their life by their own hands intentionally, it's it's like a person wearing a, 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 a bomb vest. And that vest goes off and, and, it, and it affects everybody in their immediate surrounding, everybody in their immediate family, everybody in their immediate circle. And it affects everybody in the, in the middle circle, that, that loose perimeter, not just friends, but acquaintances. And it affects everybody that they've ever met, everybody they've ever known. And, and when a person kills themselves, they kill everything about themselves. 
because it's difficult to think about them in any capacity that the idea of that this is how they left the planet shows back up. Hey, we went to elementary school together, but but he killed himself. Hey, we played basketball together, but he killed himself. Hey, this this, this guy was in our wedding and and he killed himself. And when you kill yourself, you, you don't solve all the problems. You create more problems for other people. And when you kill yourself, you kill everything else that was attached to you. I, I can't imagine the overwhelming despair that is in someone's life where they say, you know, the only way for me to feel better, the only way for me to, to find relief is to end my existence and sever my earthly connections with my my family, my wife, my children, my friends. But people go there. Now, the initial thought is, is probably logical. I'd be better off if I were dead. I'd be better off if I didn't wake up tomorrow, but it's irrational. And the thought moves into a, a plan, and the plan moves into an intent. And then that intent has lethality about it, then then there needs to be intervention. And there's lots of intervention. And you don't have to be a therapist or a psychologist to intervene with people. The first thing you do is not leave them alone. Get them in contact with a loved one. Don't leave them alone for 24 hours. And if there's not a way to give them 24-hour observation, then you may have to seek outside sources. If you're listening to this podcast and, and you're struggling with the idea of, of suicide, and it's not just that random thought that sometimes we get when we're overwhelmed. There's a national helpline available. 988 is the inter, is the national helpline. You can uh, use your text messages and text 988. You can chat or you can make a phone call, and they're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and that's that's one resource. But we have resources here in town as well. And we have uh, crisis hotlines. We have Wellstone and Wellstar. You have ministers at churches. You have licensed professional counselors. You have people who are willing to sit with you and listen to you and talk to you because in truth, you're not helpless. You have resources and you're not hopeless. We may not be able to solve the problem that you're dealing with, but learning to live with that problem, learning to endure those circumstances is a possibility. And there's nobody on this planet who's worthless. At some place, at some level, we all have worth. One of my favorite illustrations I borrowed from a guy is that, you know, I could offer you a hundred dollar bill. And most people, if I said, hey, here's a hundred dollar bill, would you take it? They would absolutely say yes. But now, let me let me caution you. This $100 bill was used uh, in the drug traffic. And so you may have trace amounts of cocaine on it. And in fact, a high percentage of American currency has uh, minuscule amounts of drugs because they've been exposed to the drug trade. Well, this $100 bill was involved in the drug trade. Would you still take it? Most people will say, sure, it's still a $100 bill. Well, let me... Let me add that this $100 bill that I'm offering you uh, was involved in white slavery. It was involved in sex trafficking. And most people would still say, yeah, but it's still a $100 bill. 
Well, if I were to tear a corner off the bill and spit on it and drop it on the ground and grind it in the dirt and then pick it up and it was folded and wrinkled and abused and said, you still want this $100 bill, most people would say, hey, it's $100, I'll take it. Because you see, no matter what's been done to it and no matter what's been done with it, it still has inherent value. You look on the back side, and it's got a thing about the United States Treasury, and it has inherent value. And I don't care what you've done, and I don't care what you've been through, and I don't care what has been done to you. you you're made in the image. You, you have a, a stamped image, and it's not United States Treasury. It's, it's the God of the universe. You're made in His image. And, and his son died for you. And regardless of what you've done, and regardless of what's been done to you, you have inherent value. So we are never helpless, we are never hopeless, and we're never, ever worthless. And so if you've had the, the thought, or you know someone who's having the thought about killing themselves, please don't let helpless, hopelessness, or worthlessness win the battle. You have worth. You have hope. And people love you. And so you have help. And we may not can solve the problem. We may not can take away the burden. But we can bear the burden with you. No one will truly possess the ability, the healing power, to fill that void that you're trying to fill. But someone is willing to sit in the void with you. And just by their presence, maybe the void can feel smaller. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them. You can bring your ladies group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707, 615-371-8707, or you can go to three W's and a dot, worldchristian.org, find the Donate Here button, and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel. World Christian Broadcasting, in cooperation with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. I am your host, Lonnie Jones. My wife Jackie and I moved to the city of Huntsville in 1986 for me to be a youth and family minister. I have been a minister since 1980. I have served in this community as a police chaplain assigned to a SWAT team since 1992. 
and I've been in private practice as a licensed professional counselor since 1998. I'm also an adventure educator and an avid outdoorsman. I dabble in rock climbing and I goof around with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Our life has been full of many wonderful experiences and some just outright adventures. I used to write about those things in a little church bulletin article. So now instead of asking you to read those things, we're just going to talk about them in our podcast. And as we talk about them, we're going to talk about the facts. The facts lead to concepts and the concepts lead to application. One caveat about the facts is for the most part, we're going to tell you the facts just as they happened. But every now and then, we're going to tell you the way other people have told us they remember it happening with a little bit of embellishment. It's all good, clean, fun, and for educational purposes. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy Keeping Up with Jones. <laughs>